Good morning, everyone. This is week number seven. Can you believe it? In our new normal. Thanks for watching with us, April 26, 2020. This morning, I want to talk about failure. Webster's Dictionary defines failure as failing to perform a duty or expected action, a lack of success, falling short, deficiency. I think like the poster boy of failure in many ways is Abraham Lincoln, our 16th president. Most people consider him our greatest president. Uh, Abraham Lincoln was a man uh, acquainted, very familiar with failure and loss. In 1832, at age 23, he lost his job. And that same year, he lost in his bid to become a part of the Illinois legislature. Three years later, at the age of 26, Abraham lost the love of his life, Anne Rutledge. Three years later, he failed in his bid to become Speaker of the Illinois House of Representatives, and he lost out that same year on becoming Commissioner of the Land Office in Washington, D.C. Ten years later, Lincoln was defeated in his quest to become a U.S. Senator. Seven years later, he was elected to the U.S. House of Representatives. And finally, in 1861, against all odds, Lincoln became the President of the United States. I think Abraham Lincoln could have written the book, Failure is No Excuse to Quit. Failure is not an excuse to quit. There was no quit in him despite lots of failures and loss. I suspect that some of us here watching today, uh, we got some thoughts of failure bouncing around in our brains. Uh, many of us aren't able to go to work right now. Many of us uh, have been told uh, your job, our, my job is unessential. I don't like that. Uh, stay home. We'll tell you when you can go back to work, when, we'll tell you. And for weeks now, we've been quarantined at home, waiting for normal to resume once again. Able to go back to jobs and school and church and restaurants and be with family and small groups and friends and sports. Uh, question is, I wonder if some of you during these challenging days are considering quitting and giving up. Could it be uh, you're saying, I, I feel like a failure and, and I, I just want to quit? Could be you're considering bailing on some significant relationship. Perhaps uh, I've had enough of this job. Uh, maybe you're thinking, I, I've, I can't handle this marriage that's been challenging for a long time. Uh, maybe you want to thinking about quitting on church and, you know, the people that you thought would come through for you, Christians, haven't been there for you like you thought these last few months. Could even be some of you are considering giving up on life. You're uh, depressed, you're discouraged, and maybe you're saying, I, I'm not even sure I want to live any longer. This morning, we're going to examine one of the greatest failures in history. This morning, we're going to look at somebody who was considering bailing on Jesus 
after he failed. And uh, he just wanted to quit it all, and it's recorded for us right here in the Bible. We're going to examine this morning the failure of the Apostle Peter and his crash-and-burn experience just in the space of a few hours. It's pretty amazing. I'll die with you, Jesus. Everyone else, they'll, they'll deny you, but never me. And then just a few hours later, he was swearing with an oath. I don't know that man to a bunch of servant girls. Locate with me on your phone, in your Bibles, John chapter 21, and we're going to look at the first 12 verses, John chapter 21. When Peter is convinced, I'm a total failure. I know, Jesus, you've called me to fish for men, but I think I can't do that so well. I'm a loser. He just hacked off the high priest's servant's ear, Malchus, and then he denies Jesus three times, and then he went into hiding like a coward uh, in fear of his life. Now, he's tempted to go back to fishing for fish. Jesus called him to be a fisher of men. Now he wants to quit that and go back to fishing. John chapter 21, verse 1. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter... Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and the other disciples were together. I'm, I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, well, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into a boat, but at night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? <laughs> no, they answered. He said, well, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. And as soon as Simon Peter heard him say it, it's the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he'd taken it off, and he jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat toward towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals, there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you've just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat, dragged the net ashore, it was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? Why? <laughs> they knew it was the Lord. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for recording for us in your book, not just the success stories. Lord, thank you for preserving for us even the face plants. And Lord, this morning we want to look at Peter, the leader of your apostles, as he deals with perhaps the most famous face plant and failure in all of history. Lord, I want to pray specifically right now for those who are watching who themselves right now are feeling failure in some area of their life. 
It might be job-related. It might be finance-related, Lord. It might be in some significant relationship. Lord, I'm praying for those who feel like failures. They can identify with Peter. Lord, would you take these words and speak to us? We're listening. We invite your Holy Spirit, just like we do every Sunday, we invite the third person of the Trinity to come and take charge. And I'd ask that you take charge of these weak and goofy lips of mine. Lord, help us to hear clearly from you. Speak, Lord. We're listening. And all of those watching online right now, the entire church family from East Jordan to Alanson and Walloon, all of my friends and family said with one voice, say it with me, amen, amen. Perhaps the greatest football coach of all time, uh, generally considered Vince Lombardi, Green Bay Packers, NFL champion six times, first two Super Bowls, he uh, was the head coach. And here's what Vince Lombardi said. He drilled this into his players' heads. Winners never quit, and quitters never win. Winners never quit, and quitters never win. I'm going to borrow from Vince a little bit today and say, Failure is not an excuse to quit. Just because you failed, maybe more than once, failure is not an excuse to quit. In John chapter 21, what we just read, the disciples led by Peter have went back home, and now they're back fishing where Jesus found them in verse 1 of chapter 21. It's almost like they were saying, you know, we tried that disciple stuff for three years, uh, but Peter, the leader, seems to be thinking, you know, I wasn't really a good follower. I wasn't a good disciple of Jesus. I think I'm going to go back to what I know best. And now he's back on the Sea of Galilee, throwing nets into the water where he grew up. And the secret there is throw your net in to the right place at the right time time, and hopefully you'll know where the right place is and the right time is, and you can pull in lots of fish. This was physical, hard, back-breaking work, throwing nets into the water and then pulling them in again and again and again, and almost always this was at night. This was all night long. This was the midnight shift. Verse 3 tells us the first night on the old job, we're going to go back to what I know best, how much did they catch? Verse 3 says they caught nothing. <laughs> Zip. Nada. Uh, now, now you're, you're Peter. Imagine how you're thinking now as you're coming back to shore all night fishing. First night there, and uh, now you're thinking, you know, I was bad at being a disciple of Jesus I think I'm no better at fishing anymore either. Uh, Verse 4, interesting, a stranger on shore appears. And it must have been a little foggy. Maybe it was still kind of dark early in the morning. But they can't tell who it is. He hollers out to the boat. And verse 5 says, this stranger uh, asks the question, Hey, um, did you catch anything? And here's the interesting thing. 
the stranger, Jesus already knew the answer. Did, did you catch anything, friends? Isn't that interesting? Calls them friends. Friends, did you catch anything? Now, if you're a bowler and a pretty good bowler, I think of uh, Marv Potter and, and others, uh, Bud Burns. Let's say you got a 175 average, and then on a particular night, you don't do so well. Let's say you, you aren't going, doing, and now you get home, and now your spouse or a friend or one of your kids say, uh, how did you roll? How did you do? You don't really want to tell them. I, you know, I averaged 139 tonight. Or, or if you're a golfer and you have a 15 handicap, that means you average around 85 for 18 holes. Uh, and now you come home and now somebody asks you, how'd you shoot? You're not real happy to report, yeah, I shot 105. <laughs> what happened? These are professional fishermen. This was their job. They grew up on this lake. And I'm sure they're not thrilled at telling a stranger, oh, we got skunked, <laughs> caught nothing, zero zip. Verse 6, the stranger on shore hollers out again. Okay? Well, why don't you throw your net on the right side of the boat just one more time? Now, remember, they, they don't know who this is right now. One more time. Now, it's not recorded, but I'm pretty sure there was some whispering inside that boat when, when Jesus says, why don't you throw, because they don't know it's Jesus. And, and, and if I'm in that boat, I'm thinking, who does this guy think he is? <laughs> I've been out here all night long. I'm the professional. We know how to fish. Um, everybody knows you don't catch fish this close to shore. Why don't you swim out here? And why don't you come and throw the net one more time? Okay, that's not recorded, but I, I, I really think that was going on in the boat. But here's huge. These professional fishermen, surprisingly, listen to the stranger, and they throw out the net one more time. They listen to his suggestion, and when they pull the nets in, it's so full of fish they couldn't bring the overflowing nets into the boat. It was so heavy they couldn't get it into the boat with them. Instantly, verse 7, chapter 21, Peter realizes this stranger is no stranger. Instantly, Peter knows it's Jesus. Puts his robe on, swims 100 yards to shore to get to Jesus. Now, here's the question. What was it about the full nets that made Peter instantly know this was Jesus? Think with me. What, what was it that as soon as the nets were full, Peter knew that's Jesus. Luke chapter 5, three years earlier, um, standing on the edge of the very same lake, a stranger asks Peter, fished all night, hey, would you throw the net out one more time? And back in Luke 5, it says, the nets were so full of fish, they began to break. Instantly, Peter's mind goes back to that first miracle that Jesus used to get Peter's attention. Massive catch. Been out all night long, skunked, and now throw the net out. Amazing. Now Jesus performs a second miracle. And he, taking Peter and the disciples back to their calling here. Track with me. Um, they'd given up on uh, the fishing business to fully follow Jesus. Okay? 
They left, every, they left their nets and their boats behind, and they followed Jesus. And now Jesus is reminding them, hey, do you remember why you left your nets and your boats behind to follow me? Do, do you remember when you did that? Again, I think Jesus is saying, Peter, what's changed? You left the fishing for fish business to follow me. You, you left the fishing for fish business to follow me and fish for people as your passion. Here's my question. You're watching right now and you're thinking about quitting. Life's just not turning out like I hoped. Life isn't going the way I expected. Uh, things aren't going like, like I planned. I, I feel like a failure. I guess I'd like to follow Jesus' lead here. I'd like to point you back to when Jesus got a hold of your life. I think that's healthy. I really do. I think it's good and healthy to go back and remember what was going on when Jesus was so compelling that you surrendered your life to him. What was going on in your life when you said, I do by faith to the cross and the shed blood and the empty tomb and Jesus set you free? It's good for us to go back and rehearse when Jesus grabbed a hold of our lives. You might be watching right now, and the truth is, you've never opened the door of your life to Jesus. You've never invited Jesus to take charge of your life. And I just want you to know, Jesus specializes in giving hope and joy, even to people who fail, and fail a lot. Those who are tempted to quit, that's who Jesus specializes in coming into their lives and, and changing everything. Now, John chapter 13 records the Last Supper. Uh, John chapter 21 records the Last Breakfast. Um, I don't know how many of you enjoy breakfast, you know? How many of you are breakfast people? And I suspect some of you right now while you're watching are enjoying some breakfast. Uh, verse 9, chapter 21, uh, On shore is a fire of burning coals. Two times in the New Testament, burning coals are mentioned. Here, when Jesus is cooking breakfast for the disciples, and the other time was when Peter was warming himself in the temple courts, and Jesus is being grilled before the religious leaders, and then Peter is going to deny that he knows Jesus three times. That's the other time burning coals are mentioned. Do you think maybe the aroma of the burning coals brought back some memories to Peter? I, I think they did. Verse 15, when they'd finished eating, Jesus asked Peter the same question three different times. Simon, son of John, we call him Peter, do you love me more than these? Why three times? How, how many times... Did Peter deny that he knew Jesus? How many times had Peter said to servant girls, No, with an oath, I do not know him. Jesus asked the hard questions to restore Peter to his calling. You understand? You, you were called, and now I'm reinstating you, Peter, to your calling. Three times, Peter, do you love me? Feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? Take care of my sheep. Peter, do 
Do you love me? Feed my sheep. And notice with me, when Jesus is asking Peter that question, he keeps saying, Peter, do you love me more than these? More than these. What exactly is the these? It seems pretty clear to me. Jesus is pointing to the large pile of fish, 153 of them, verse 11, that Jesus had miraculously put and driven into Peter's net. Peter, you were thinking on bailing on me, weren't you? Peter, you were considering quitting your calling. Peter, you were going to go back to fishing for fish. Do you remember, Peter, that I've called you not to be a fisher of fish, but to be a fisher of men? Now, what's so amazing to me here is that Jesus wants to use someone who had failed him so spectacularly. I, I mean, think about it. What he did in his face plant, he was ready to bail, and he's still thinking about going. He was ready to quit, which tells us Jesus is in the business of using failures and even quitters to accomplish his plan here on planet Earth. That's, that's huge. I want to say it again. Jesus is in the business of using failures and quitters to accomplish his plan here on planet Earth. It's like Jesus said to Peter, I, I know you failed me, Peter, but failure is no excuse to quit. I, I, know, I know you failed me bad, and I know you were ready to quit, but failure is no excuse to quit. So I want to ask again, what are you tempted to quit and bail on right now? Maybe you've uh, failed and messed up in a major way. Perhaps you've failed and messed up repeatedly. Could be you've disappointed someone that you care about. Or it could be the other way around. Maybe someone has really disappointed you and now you're ready to quit. Maybe you're a follower of Jesus, but you've sinned and fallen flat in the mud and the manure of sin. Maybe you're a follower of Jesus, and now you've fallen again, and you just don't feel like getting up. Peter was restored here to his calling after huge failures. Isn't that encouraging? Jesus restores Peter to his calling. And I'm telling you, in less than 50 days in Acts chapter 2, uh, the Holy Spirit comes down and empowers and jumpstarts the church. Peter's going to preach the very first church sermon, and 3,000 people come to faith in Jesus Christ and say, Yes, I believe, I receive, and they follow Christ. And I'm telling you, this failure named Peter. He's going to lead the early church. This, this guy who was a failure and wanted to quit, uh, Peter's going to lead the church of Jesus with power and courage and boldness and strength. It's amazing. Now, I have this lamp over here to tell you about Thomas Edison. Um, in 1878, Thomas Edison began working on a light bulb that was both lasting and efficient. Okay? So he started this project, and 
he began working on that light bulb and he tried over 10,000 variations on his light bulb until he found one that worked. A reporter asked Edison whether he felt like a failure after he had tried so many 10,000 plus times and failed. Here's Edison's response. I really like it. He says, I've not failed 10,000 times. I've not failed once. I've succeeded in proving that there are 10,000 ways the light bulb will not work. When I've eliminated the ways that will not work, I will find the one that will work. And after over 10,000 different variations, Edison found the one that worked. (laughs) And it worked spectacularly. I have one final verse, especially for those of you who are weary, discouraged. Maybe you're thinking about quitting. You feel like a failure. Here's the verse, Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Isn't that a good verse? Let's, let's talk about it just a minute. Let's don't become weary in doing good right now. Because there's a reward coming, and the Lord will reward us. But here's the if. If we don't quit. If we don't just, no, I've had enough. Remember, Jesus is in the business of using failures and quitters to accomplish his plan. Even in lockdown 2020. Failure is not an excuse to quit. Failure is not an excuse to quit. And just like Jesus used Peter, Jesus wants to use you. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for recording for us this true story of the leader of your early church. And Lord, I want to say thank you for using even failures and quitters to get your plans accomplished. And I want to pray for those who are watching right now who've messed up and failed and perhaps have even already quit some key areas of their life. Lord, I suspect there's some who are discouraged and depressed. And Lord, I'm asking that right now as they turn to you, that you'll run and meet them right where they're at. Just like you met and restored Peter, Lord, might you reinstate and welcome them into your family as well. And if that's you right now watching, we'd love to pray and encourage you. At the bottom of the feed, we have a next steps button. And here's what I can tell you. If you'll let us know that you're making a decision, we'll respond to you. We'll get back to you. We'll email you back. We'll even, if you'll give us your address, we'll send you a Bible and help you get going on your journey or on your reinstated journey with Jesus. Lord, I pray for my friends right now, hurting, struggling, discouraged, depressed, feeling like failures, Lord. It's obvious that's common. (laughs) That happened even to the key leader in your church. So thank you, Jesus, for restoring Peter. And thank you for your grace and your goodness and your hope and your joy and your peace that's available for us. Thank you for 
willing to, to work and use us. And finally, Lord, if there's anyone watching and they don't know your son Jesus personally, here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to introduce you to Jesus. Here's what you need to know. Jesus left the glory and the splendor of heaven, took on a human body. He lived a life without sin, thought, word, or deed. Therefore, he alone qualifies to be the sinless Lamb of God. Jesus willingly took my place and your place on the cross. He shed his blood to take care of, to wash and cleanse our greatest need. What's that? We're, we're sinners. He willingly took our place in the grave, and early on Sunday morning, victoriously, he rose from the dead. He did that for me. He did that for you. And right now, wherever you're at, if you'll believe those facts, yes, the gospel is historical fact. I believe those facts are for me, and I receive you, Jesus, as Savior and Lord. I believe those facts. I open the door of my life right now. And I invite you in, Jesus. Come, be my king. Be my friend. Be my savior. Lord, I, I want to be a part of your business. Thank you for not giving up on a quitter or a failure like me. Take charge. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Again, thanks for watching. If you made a decision, we'd love to hear about that. That would encourage us. and We'd like to encourage you right back. Love to talk with you. Uh, again, email us, contact us. I want to close by quoting Galatians 6, 9. Let's not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we'll reap a harvest if we don't give up. Church family, don't give up. Don't ever give up. We're going to keep on doing good for the cause of Christ. Lord bless you. We miss you. Can't wait to see you. See you soon.